Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, let's give the praise and worship team a hand clap of praise as well. Amen. These guys do a great job every Sunday in and out. There's nothing easy about what they do, but man, it makes it easy to preach when they get done. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. So I'm excited about preaching on the first Sunday of, of 2021. Amen? Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all with us? Okay. Um, we're going to talk about some things this morning. Um, I'm actually going to try to be more, more stiller today. That's something I need to change from 2020 to 2021. Is more stiller a word? Not at all, is it? Be still more? More still. Be more still. It probably ain't going to work, but it's kind of like the gym. People make all these New Year's resolutions where they're going to go to the gym and they're going to go to church more and they're going to be still more. So I'm, I'm going to get two out of three this year. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's some things in 2020, I don't know about you guys, <clears throat> there's some things in 2020 I'd like to forget. That's a great place for an Amen. There's some things, you know, at the beginning of 2020, I remember everyone saying, 2020, it's the year of vision. <laughs> Amen. What vision did y'all have? Good Lord, we didn't see it coming. We just never know. But his faithfulness, it's like sweet, sweet honey on your lips. Amen. We never know what's coming. We can have all these plans. We can get stressed out. We can look forward to. The book of James says, don't plan on nothing. But it's God's will that you get another day. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. You know, we heard a couple testimonies from Brother Larry this morning and, and Brother Ed Sales over there talking about there was, there was a time in their life years ago where they were in a dark place. Come on, somebody. And they were headed for a real hell. I can relate. But just because their dark place and their real hell may have been consumed by a certain sin doesn't mean that the ones in the other parts of the church wasn't headed towards the same hell before Jesus. You see, without the blood of Jesus, then we're, we was all headed to the same hell. Right? I commend you for standing up. I commend you for standing up. I commend you guys for being here and saying, you know what? God's done something in my life. The truth be told, the rest of us need to stand up and say, you know what? I may not have went down the road that Larry went down. I may not have went down the road that Houston or Ed or any of these guys went down. But you know what? I was headed towards the same result. But God. Amen. Amen. But God. Hallelujah. He's no respecter of persons, and he don't decipher sin. Amen. All that was free. You got your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 8. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again. Boy, I tell you what, I was, when y'all are turning there, I'll tell you a quick story. When, when Len and I, you know, these last couple weeks, we just decided to be safe about the whole COVID spike and it being the holidays and everything. Uh, it was a decision I felt like we needed to make about, uh, you know, large gatherings. Uh, but man, I was going through some withdrawals, y'all. Like, like, I was going through withdrawals. Like, I wanted to be in this church with my church family. Amen? 
Like, I needed to be here. And, and, and the fact that you get so busy with everything going on with the holidays that, you know, you may not read the Word as much, you may not pray as hard, or you may have some things going on in your life where you're not feeling well, therefore you're, you're slacking in some areas. But, man, I'm telling you, I was missing you guys. Amen? Well, thank you, Jeremiah. At least one of, them was, one of y'all was missing me. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to talk about out with the old and in with the new. Amen? I think that's appropriate for uh, it being the first Sunday of the new year. So let's get into the Word and see what God wants to do. Amen? Let's start in chapter 8 of Hebrews. We'll start at verse 6. It says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Verse 7, for if, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Come on, that's a good place for him. Huh? Because finding fault with them, he says, talking about the Lord, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant. And I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Come on, somebody. And none of them shall teach his neighbor, and none of them shall tell his brother, saying, You need to know the Lord, for all shall know me. Oh, glory to God. He says, but for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Verse 12, for I will be merciful. We just sang about it. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Let's look at verse 13 and we'll pray. In that he says a new covenant. Someone say a new covenant. In that he says a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the new covenant, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. I ask, Father God, that with the new covenant also the Holy Ghost came, Father God. So this morning, Father God, right here on this hill in Gentry, I ask, Lord, that you speak to us, Father God, through the Holy Spirit, Lord. Let, let, let me just speak the oracles of God that you've given me on this, on this sermon today, Father God, that the hearts and the minds in this congregation, to those on Facebook and YouTube and live stream, that they'll receive it the way you would have them to receive it, Father God. Lord, we love you. And although the old covenant didn't work, Father God, you had a plan from the beginning of the old covenant. I thank you for making it clear in red letters, Father. For God so loved that he gave. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, Lord. Let us never take that for granted, Lord. Lord, we give you praise in this church this morning, Father. We love you. As a new year starts, Lord, let you be the leader of it in every area, not just Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, Father God, but let you be the leader of our life in everything we do, in our home life, in our professional life, in our social life, Father. Let you be in the room with us at all times, leading, directing, and guiding us, Father. 
I praise you this morning, Lord, and I thank you for the opportunity to get up here. I ask that you burn me up, Father God. I ask you burn me up to the point that no one looks forward to seeing me or remembers me when I'm gone, but only the infallible Word of God. I ask you that, and I believe you for it. And I do it in the strong name of Jesus. And the church says, Amen. Hallelujah. The author of Hebrews here, which we believe it may be Paul, he's talking about the old covenant wasn't working. He's talking to church people right here. He says that old deal of sacrificing animals, living and walking and, and talking and praying a certain way, just ain't getting it. But he's reciting the prophet when he says there's a new covenant. God said, I will make a new way. Out with the old, in with the new. Y'all stick with me on this today. There's some things in our lives that needs to be out. That we can't just leave the heart empty. We got to put something else in it that's new. Come on. Amen. Let's look at verse 13. I'm just get some emphasis on this. Verse 13 says, And that he says a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish. I'm here to tell some people in the church this morning that there's some things in your life that God says it's done. I remember it no more. Your unrighteousness deeds, gone. Your sin, gone. There's some things in your life that God says that need to vanish and I've forgiven you for it. But you keep allowing the enemy to accuse you of it. God said it's over. It's obsolete. Vanished away. But we allow the enemy to remind us of it. See, the thing that we've done before the blood of Jesus doesn't give us our identity. The things that we've done before we came into the grace of God does not discern who we are. It's just some things you did. Man, let me prime y'all. Jeff, can you come back up here and play the guitar? See, we have a tendency to think that what we've done in our past, whether it's good or bad, is who we are. It's not at all. If it don't line up with the Word of God and what Jesus Christ says who you are, then that's not a lie. Do you hear me this morning, church? The word obsolete, let's look at this word right here. In verse 13, it's used twice. The word obsolete, the first definition I like, it's no longer produced or used. The old man is dead. Behold, the new has come. The old man is no longer used or produced. But behold, the new man has come. The second definition, it's out of date. What do you think of when you hear something about being out of date? Milk. Now what good is spoilt, out of date milk? If you get a drink of it, you remember it, don't you? Woo, a little clabbered milk. When I, think, when I hear the word out of date, I'm talking about obsolete, I think about milk, and I think about my sin. It's sired, but it's no longer produced or used, church. It's not who you are. It's not who I am. It's just some stuff you did before Jesus. It's great. We, we can sit here and clap and we can raise our hands and shout when we hear about your forgiveness. 
But do you really believe that when the enemy starts accusing you again of being something that you used to be, but you're not now? Out with the old. In with the new. Listen, we got to believe what the Bible says about us. Look, if, if you don't believe it, then it's going to be hard for me to believe it about you. Come on. Listen, no matter what, what we've done or what people said or the labels, you, you've heard me talk about labels before, it makes no difference. What does the Word of God say? And He says you're royalty. Even when you don't feel like a princess. Even when you don't feel like a prince, a king, royalty. Even when you don't feel like it, He says you're still royalty. You're going over, not under. This is the Word. You're the head. Not the tail. We got to start buying into that. That old mentality has to get out. So, so 2020 was a bad year for, for the majority of people. Are we going to allow it to carry over to 2021? When things got tough in 2020, did we call on the name of God and say, this is a perfect opportunity for you to get glory? Because that's the new man. The old man says, oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? They're cutting back my hours. But then when you get overtime, you complain. <laughs> Are y'all with me on this as we go forward? Listen, my first point that I'm going to make is we got to forget the past. I'm going to give you some scripture on that, but listen, there's nothing we can do about it, whether it's good or bad. It don't matter how you view your past. You may have been valedictorian or, or, or you may have been whatever, successful in the eyes of the world or even in the eyes of God. But at the end of the day, that's not your identity neither. Am I making sense? Yesterday's gone. Whether it was good or bad. If we boast in what our accomplishments was yesterday, which is the total opposite end of the spectrum of those who waller in their defeats. But if we also boast in our accomplishments, what are we doing? Look at me. Look what I did. Right? But for grace. But for grace. Why you did. <laughs> Amen. So no matter when we talk about forgetting the past, it's because we can waller in the, in, in the, in the bad things or we can boast in the good things, but either way, or we can't change them. Right? And there's some things you want to be proud of. Your children. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. If, if some people went to college and got degrees. And, and I, there, there's things to be proud of in your life as long as we keep it, uh, as long as we keep it uh, consoled to a knowing where that goodness comes from. Are y'all with me? Are you understanding? Amen. Philippians chapter 3. Man, I'm hot already. Are y'all hot? Philippians chapter 3, Paul talks about this. Amen? Whew, glory to God. We're going to start at verse 7. Are y'all with me? Y'all there? It says, but what things were gained to me... And these things I've counted a loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count also things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, 
that I may gain Christ. Verse 9. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God by faith. Are you all with me? Verse 10. That I may know Him in the power of His resurrection. That's huge. If you don't have that underlined or highlighted in your Bible, that would be a great place for it. That I may know Him. I don't boast in anything other than the fact that I know Jesus Christ in the power of His resurrection. If you want to boast in something, boast in that. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He goes on to say, In the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead, verse 12, and let's pay attention right here. Now that I, Not that I have already attained it or that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but one thing I do. Someone say one thing. But one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I press towards the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, there's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to forget what lies behind me. This brother's building the church. He's raised the dead at this point. Paul, did you know that? Read your Bible. He's put hands on, he's laid hands on blind eyes. Crippled people. He's doing the thing. But he says, one thing I'm going to do is forget all that and continue to press forward to the upward call. Oh, glory to God. Is our call right here or is it the upward call? He says, I forget what lies behind me and I press forward. I press on. The word press right there in the Greek let me give you a couple of definitions. Y'all watch this and we'll read this differently. The word press is to have an intense endeavor. I press on to have an intense endeavor. Number two, to eagerly pursue prey. Now when we go back and start at 13, it says, Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, and I eagerly pursue Jesus that's what that's saying, the word press there. It means to eagerly pursue. They use it to, uh, they press towards the prey that they're hunting. But we can, we can, we can convert that over to, I'm eagerly pursuing Jesus. I'm having an intense endeavor when I press towards the goal. Are you eagerly pursuing Jesus? That's a question you gotta ask yourself. It's a question I have to ask myself. Am I having an intense encounter, endeavor with my Lord Jesus Christ or am I just playing church? Am I eagerly pursuing? You think about some things and no one has to raise their hand and answer this, but think about some things in your life that you've eagerly pursued. Whatever it may be, school, marriage, business, you eagerly pursue it. You live it. You breathe it. You wake up thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. Are you pursuing Jesus like that? Because if we eagerly pursue Christ, if we press, as Paul says right here, if we continue to press towards that goal, then the other things that you're concerned about, school, business, children, family, they're taken care of because you're chasing after the living God. 2021, be that pursue for you. Hallelujah. I told you earlier that, that um, 
during those couple weeks that we was off, I can honestly say that I wasn't pursuing Jesus as much. And man, I felt it. That's why I say I missed you guys. I felt it on the inside. There was something missing. And it was the assembling of the brethren. It was busy shopping or busy wrapping gifts or, or busy eating and, and, and busy eating. We'll do something different with that too. But I wasn't pursuing Jesus the way I needed to be. And my spirit, man, was crying out, Houston, man, I'm starting to run low on the tank here. But I got to get this done or I got to get this done or I'm not feeling good or whatever it is. I wasn't pursuing. I wasn't pressing. And man, I felt it in my spirit, man. Has anyone else ever been there? Am I the only one? Like the Holy Ghost lets me know. Right? The Holy Ghost will let you know that your cup is not flowing over. It's barely got anything in it. People ask me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell them which time. Because <laughs> it's a continuous thing. When God speaks, He speaks from eternity into time. Glory to God. And when God speaks, He speaks from eternity into time. We, we can't really comprehend that. But when He says be filled, if, he could, if we could really wrap our minds around it, it's be filled, 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 filled. Let there be light, 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 light. That's how God speaks. Because right now there's still light being created. And He wants us to continue to be filled with the old go and bring in the new. Are you with me? Amen. That word press, to eagerly pursue. Paul says to forget the past and pursue Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. That's what makes it new. Point number two. Paul says to forget the past. We just made that point. Point number two, I'm telling you not to stress out about the future. Y'all remember in January of 2020, some of these resolutions that you had? We had no idea there was a tornado fixing to come through Putnam County. We had no idea there's going to be a pandemic that rocks the world. We had no idea that schools were going to be shut down and jobs were going to be lost. We had, when we were planning these things, we were stressing out about what, look, these are my goals. These are my goals for 2020. Not knowing having any idea what was fixing to happen. You think the people up here uh, in Kufel that got hit with the tornado had some goals? Man. Life happens. Don't stress out about your future. Paul plainly says to forget the past. We're going to read over here in a minute where Jesus says don't worry about the future. What are you telling me, preacher? I got kids and a mortgage. I got bills to pay. I'm telling you, God gave you some sense. Pay your bills. Go to work. But man, don't stress out about it. There's nothing good about stress. Let me show you what stress is good. I'm going to show you the good things about stress. Go ahead, Gail. Top ten causes of stress, the effects of stress. Number one, it messes with your mind. Again, y'all don't have to raise your hand when I say this. But have you ever had your mind messed with because you were stressed out? Y'all just nod. Y'all don't have to raise it. Absolutely. Nothing good about it. Number two, depression. Man, I don't know how medicated the United States is because they're depressed due to stress. None of this is of God. 
But we stress out about our future, what 2021 is going to look like. Anxiety, personality disorders, cardiovascular disease and heart disease, those two kind of parallel. High blood pressure. Stress causes high blood pressure. It's not healthy for you. Come on here, abnormal heartbeat, heart attacks and stroke. These are the effects of stressing out. When we don't press into God, when we put more emphasis on what the bank account looks like or what the IRA looks like or what, whatever's going on in the, in the community, whatever it may be, when we don't put God first, we start stressing out about our future and these are the results of it. Welcome to stressing out. If you're not on a cholesterol pill or a blood pressure pill or what, you know, blood thinners and all that, you're going to be on it if you keep continuing to stress out. Can you trust God? Boy, y'all looking at me like, man, this <laughs> dude. The Word says do not stress. Turn, turn, turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Let's just see what the Lord says about it, okay? Y'all looking at me like a cow at a new gate. Let's see what Jesus says about it. Chapter 6 of Matthew, we'll start at verse 25. Remember, Paul said, don't worry about your past. Forget it. Jesus is saying right here, can you trust me for your future? Jesus says, chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Red letters. Right there. Red letters. He says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He starts talking about the birds. He says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither reap nor sow. They neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than a crow? Let me put that in gentry terms. Are you not more valuable than a parakeet? Think about it. He's giving you a comparison. It's practical parallelism is what you call that. You like that? It's practical. Are you not more worthy than a bird, Jesus says? Which one of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? It says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grasses of the field, which today is here and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Jesus used that a lot. Oh, ye of little faith. Can we trust God? Now, does that mean to sit down on the couch and play Nintendo and, and ask God to pay your light bill? That's not what that's saying. But what it's saying is, trust me, you do all you can do, and I got the rest. Amen? That's kind of the way it works with God. You do everything you can, and I'll do the rest. Has He ever let you down? When it, when it really came down to it, has He not always been there for you? Even when we wasn't doing all we could do. When I was slacking on my end, when I wasn't praying as hard, and I wasn't out being vigilant about doing what it is that I needed to help come to pass in my prayer life, but yet God was still faithful. That's the upward call, not here call. 
He says, trust me for your future. Let's continue to read. Therefore, verse 31, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is the day of its own trouble. There's a formula right there. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and you will have health. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and disease and, and heart disease and stroke and all that will pass by you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and see if your family's not okay. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's what the Word says. He says, don't worry about the future. Paul says, don't worry about the past. So what does that give us? The moment. Today. It's hard to trust sometimes, brother, the unknowing. I get it. When I can't put my hand on it, when I can't manipulate it to, to, to make it do the thing that I think it should do, when I don't have control of it, I get a little uneasy. But that's where God says, you've got to have faith that I got it, Houston. Amen? See, we like to play God. All right, I'll raise my hand. I'll be the only one to amen that. Sometimes we like to be little gods. We like to be in control. We want to see the outcome before we go through it. Amen? There's no faith in that. Oh, ye of little faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'll just read this off of here. Hallelujah. We've got to learn to trust God, church. Are y'all with me? I'm going to go ahead and read this. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away... Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So if we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Man. Man. got to be able to see it to believe it. He's saying, what you don't see is what you need to be believing. I say, what you don't see is what you need to be believing. Because when cancer shows up on your front steps, when addiction shows up on your front steps, you better be able to believe in something that's unseen. Something that's supernatural. When 2020 is an everyday thing in your life, you better be able to believe in the unseen. Because if you're putting your faith in that which you can see, you're going to be let down. Are y'all hearing me this morning, church? If there ever was a time for the church to believe in the unseen, it's now. It's right now. Out with the old and in with the new. I'm going to believe in the unseen. If there ever was a time. Well, y'all are shouting me down this morning. That's cool, though. Y'all take it up with God. I like to take it up with God. God takes it up with me sometimes. Amen? I love to shout and 
and I get all the amens and the attaboys, but at the end of the day, this is what God gave me to give y'all. And here's the thing. The altars we're going to open here in just a minute. And if you want to do something with getting the rid of the old and getting the new in, then it's 100% on y'all. We can watch our watches and figure out what time we're getting out of here, or we can encounter Jesus Christ. That's strictly up to y'all. Amen. If there ever was a time, the kingdom of God is at hand. I promise you that. We have to seize the moment. We have to seize the moment, church. Let's go to Joshua. I'll get us out of here in a minute. Joshua chapter 24. I'll start reading it now. I mean, this is a familiar verse, but this is the choice that we have. That's why I said what I said a second ago. We have a choice. It says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods, lowercase g, which your father served on the other side of the river and in, G and in Egypt. So Egypt represents our past life. When you hear about Egypt, you're talking about your sinful nature, Okay. So he says, put it away. He says, now serve the Lord. Verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. He says it. If it don't seem right to serve the Lord, if it don't seem right to make Jesus Christ his Lord, then go to your gods. But choose. Don't put on the church. Don't put on the garments of I am a Christian and not be because that's a bad place to be. At least when you're not serving God and you're serving the world, at least the Holy Ghost can deal with you. That when you're putting on the garments of praise and you think you're playing church, but really you're not, you can't be dealt with. Does that make sense? Hot or cold, lukewarm. Amen? He goes on to say, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were one of the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, is that your declaration today? But as for me in my house, I don't care what the Democrats are saying. I don't care what the Republicans are saying. I don't care what the government's saying. This is what I'm saying. As for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the declaration you got to make over your home. It's the declaration i got to make over my home. But as for me, you can choose whatever you want to choose. You can choose whatever you want to choose. But at the end of the day, as for me. That's when it becomes personal, Brother Larry. We can't play church there. We can't blend in with the crowd there. It's personal now because we're talking about me. We're not talking about you no more. We're talking about me and my family, in my house. Burn me up, Lord. Let me never forget, no matter what it looks like, no matter what's knocking on my front door, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve Jesus Christ. I don't care what it looks like because I'm not looking at the seen world. I'm believing in the unseen supernatural world. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Y'all want to come up? It's a declaration we got to make, church. If you think 2020 was bad, put something before Jesus in 2021 and see how that works out. 
Amen? Put your faith in the stock market if you want to. Put your trust in another man or a relationship or a job. See how that works out for you. As for me and my home, I promise you, as for me and my home, we're going to trust in the Lord, in the unseen God. He's tangible, though. He's real. Although we can't see him with these natural carnal eyes, he's real. And he's a fire shut up in your bones. He's a fire shut up in your bones. And he wants to come out and burn everyone else up around you. You and your house. There's a fire shut up in your bones. And he's saying, lay hands on your children. Whoa, glory to God. He's saying, lay hands on your children. And speak with an authority from the unseen God. He's saying, lay hands on your loved ones. This is a year of pioneering for this church. What are we going to do different? Is this Sunday moving forward in our lives going to be any different than what the last one was? Are we willing to step out, church? Say, I love Brother Larry. I love Pastor Houston. But at the end of the day, this is my home. And I speak to it. I speak to it. These are my children and no one loves my children like I love my children. No one loves my wife like I love my wife. When she's sick, I'm going to speak to it. When the kids aren't doing great, I'm going to pioneer something different. I don't have to get on the prayer line because I have an authority through the Holy Ghost of God to speak to my children and claim them for the kingdom of God. Because if you don't, you're choosing something different. Listen to me, church. If you're not claiming your territory, then you're losing ground. Whoa, another sermon we'll preach. But if you're not claiming your territory,